Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Culture Terror. I am DK. I am Lewis, and as the great Huey P. Long once said in the Louisiana State Legislature, Mr. Speaker, niggas is human beings too. <laughs> is, is that an actual Huey Long quote? Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh... <laughs> And today we have a very special topic for you, which is a topic of, uh, you know, great import, um, the N-word. And I want to say at the at the beginning of this um, that uh, to any Jannies in the audience, uh, this is all purely a scientific enterprise. Uh, we are we are doing this. this is, you know, we we are uh, we are a, a scientific, respectful podcast. We would never dream of using any bad words in any bad way, and and so and all our uses here are, are definitely a hundred percent in the um, you know under the under the umbrella of like you know we're just reporting. We're just reporting. We're just you know telling people things. You know, we're using words that people use in a, in a scientific and historical way. Um, please no bully. Please no ban. Um, also, fuck you, Jannies. Um, yeah. I think now that now that we've gotten out of that that out of the way, uh, nigger, 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 nigger. A hundred percent nigger. <laughs> yeah. So so this is um, this is an important. Um, I, I think it's important to, to analyze this stuff. Um, like from from you know we, we we look look at this you know because everybody likes to say the n the n word and and. Uh, it's um i i firmly maintain i've said this before i'll say it again now um the most revolutionary act maybe the only revolutionary the only non-violent revolutionary act that you can engage in uh as a white man today in the ameriquois is saying the word nigger uh and the more the harder the r the more revolutionary the hard r stands for revolutionary um I, I I've said this. I I had to train myself. I was you know a, a, a good goy growing up, and um, and never ever would have dreamed of using power word kill uh, as Borzoi likes to call it in anger. Um, uh, certainly not directed at anyone in particular. Uh, and I mean I I was you know I'm, 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 as I'm speaking I'm observing my own responses and just the fact that I sort of uh, there was a juncture there where I just called it the N word instead of saying nigger because I still haven't completely trained it out of myself to cringe to you know at the at the at the thought even of saying this word far less you know the actual saying the actual word itself so clearly we don't you know whatever else we're dealing with we're dealing with a a sequence of phonemes of great power and. Um, and something that that is really deserving of a kind of deep cultural analysis that we're about to provide. Yeah, and there's a, there's a whole there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, I think notably in our own lifetimes, both of us, uh, we've noticed it really become power word kill. Uh, it wasn't this way before. I would say even like during the Obama presidency, it was not. There, the word has ascended to such peaks that to use it is basically to to you lose you become an outlaw effectively you lose legal protection under the law like an yeah. outlaw in the very old sense and and more importantly it only needs to be alleged there's, there needs to be there's no proof um, <laughs> right you, like we there are there are niggers who have murdered white people and said they said nigger 
and yeah, and we have there's no evidence, there's no video. Sometimes you'll get video recording of the incident, and this video, you know, magically, this video recording never yes. includes uh, the part where the white white person who's alleged to have said nigger actually said nigger. Yeah. In fact, they're usually just quite quite frank quite often they're just niggers gang beating someone and then the caption oh, he said, says he said he's nigger. a nigger yeah 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 and it's it, it's it's also tiresome in one way like it, but it is true like the, the 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 social power of the word has invited like it, it is now essentially legal precedent that if you say the word, you no longer have protection under the law. Well, there there is a legal doctrine. I'm not up 100% on the ins and outs. There is a concept in laws, uh, which is fighting words, right? Where basically, like, if you're at a bar and, you know, you, like, it's not necessarily that it, it's going to be, a, it's it, like, because threatening someone is threatening someone. And for, for, for a threat to be credible, it has to be credible. You know, it has, you have to, it has to be, you can't just, like, say, oh, I'm going to rape your mother and gouge your eyes out and skull fuck you and, that doesn't necessarily constitute a threat by the legal definition of threat. But if you say that in a bar when someone who you're having an altercation with, that's fighting words. And if they then, you know, assault you or, or, or you know, commit battery, you know, punch you or something, um, the fact that you engage in these so-called fighting words is, is, is uh, ha- has, at least in the past, been a mitigating factor, if not necessarily an exonerating one. Um, and, and like in the interest of fairness, I, I can sort of, you know, especially nowadays where, I mean, in, as of this recording where, where, um, our friends in Hollywood, uh, have, you know, ramp, have ramped up the tension to uh, 110%, 111% now, I guess. And, uh, and, you know, and, and have gotten, gotten the, the Negroes very, very riled up, um, I'm sympathetic to the idea that, in, you know, under certain circumstances, under certain kinds of conditions, that they could be considered fighting words in, in that old, along, the, along those older lines. But that's not, I mean, again, that's almost like, that doesn't mean that it's okay to, like, beat someone to death. As a, I mean, it happens all the time. There was a, a, one of the episodes that I remember was there was this, uh, was it like a 60-year-old guy in, in a state fair in Michigan who, like, nobody heard it. I mean, there were, because there, this is one of the rare cases where there was some follow-up. Um, and people were going around asking, like, you know, well, what happened? And nobody heard him say the word. Um, but the um, the niggers who beat him to death said, oh, yeah, he said niggers. Well, also, I do want to be careful this episode. We are really, in this episode, I really, I really want to avoid is trying to hold niggers to, like, white standards. Yes. So yes. if we ever sound disapproving of their behavior, that's, we don't, it's just like, oh, we're trying to overcome that as well. Uh, I, w- I disapprove of it in that it happened, but I don't. I don't expect them not to do things the like this. The blame doesn't lie with the nigger. The blame lies with the Jew who yeah. put him next to the white man. Right? So, yeah. yeah. yeah I just want to make that very clear that, like, if you're black and listening, it's not that we don't like you. It's that we wish society wasn't didn't hold you to these standards. Right. We don't want to be disappointed, you know? It's, very, it's really unfair. Great point. Um... So, yeah. so yeah, uh, I wanted to start with, with etymology, but maybe that's less of, I mean, obviously everybody, I think kind of gets the idea that like, you know, the word comes from the Latin word, um, niger, uh, N I G E R for, which means black and all kinds of, you know, derivatives, uh, from that. Uh, interestingly, I guess all the way back to the, as early as the 1570s and then the early 1600s, um, that was just it was just the term for like 
racial Africans from sub-Saharan Africa. It was just nigger. That's just what they called it. it wasn't spelled. The spelling wasn't standardized until later. Um, not, I mean, spelling of anything. The spelling generally wasn't standardized until until you know midway through the 1700s to start with. But um, they were just referred to as uh, what, what, which is interesting. Yeah. The, the, well, the, spelling, yeah. the spelling being unstandardized gets you to these think elements of it where like alternate spellings are considered like even the fam- famous family like nigga is a is one of the, was one of these like uh misspell or not misspell alternate spellings it was n i g g a h um and i think you know this the source of these alternate pronunciations is probably how they themselves said it because we know what they you know talk like um and what the what's the uh, the first recorded what in uh by John by the John Rolfe in in the New World in Virginia, he listed the first shipments of Africans as uh, Negars N E G A R S. Might have and, been pronounced. Uh, yeah, who knows how Negars maybe or who knows? I mean, that's another kind of way that you can. My favorite on on the side note of pronunciation, my, my <laughs> I love. There was a moment I. Uh, uh, I never listened to like talk radio, but I just have it. Just happened to be while I was flipping through the the radio station one day, I overheard there was some kind of story about something happening in the country of Niger, and it was it was I guess Sean Hannity was on the radio at that particular moment, and and I it was he said like what, what did he call it? like Niger or something. So yeah, it's just some bonkers pronunciation. Uh, it was like very obvious he didn't, he didn't know how to pronounce it, and he's like I know what, how I'm not supposed to pronounce it. Oh, yep. Yeah. It's pronounced Niger. <laughs> <laughs> Soft R. <laughs> Soft R. Yeah. Uh, also, oh, what, what's really interesting is that, so it's probably the fir- maybe the earliest incidents incidents of the, the euphemism treadmill, because, uh, it's coming from the Latin word. That's really kind of a scientific or educated way to refer to a person or a group or a race, you know. It's not like generally considered dirty to just use the. Well, Latin especially I mean, you put yourself in the in the shoes of people. I mean, especially like in the 1500s or even really into the 1600s. Like, uh, this is a period in time where Latin is the lingua franca to kind of make it. You know, the, the before French was, which is sort of a little bit later, was the kind of universal language among european peoples that they used to communicate with each other because it wasn't necessarily the case that and you know it's not necessarily that every english person is going to speak german or every german person is going to speak italian or whatever but everyone who's educated who's a european person white person who's educated is going to know at that time latin uh, later on french and all the scientific and mathematical you know newton famously wrote the principia mathematica which is latin title in latin right and not in english i mean i think he had an english edition eventually but he wrote it in latin and um same with jacob bernoulli and and all these people a lot of the you know and and so a lot of these you know 15th 16th 17th century you know pioneers of of math and science and 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 you know just important historical figures generally uh, would communicate with each other and, uh, and write in Latin. And Latin was just something everybody knew. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even just, like, it's not that they were even just trying to be fancy. They were trying to be specific and, and scientific. And so for them to say, you know, and it makes a certain amount of sense, like, I mean, just, again, put yourself in those shoes. Or, I mean, it, it's not any... The, it's not any more offensive. There's no. In, it's not inherently any more offensive than our word black. I mean, it literally means the exact same thing. It's just black yeah, is our. It's, 
English word, and nigger is the Latin form. And also, you speaking of the context, they need they as a specific group, they couldn't call them Africans because to the people of this time, Africa was North Africa, which is a very different kind of people. Well, that was also, I mean, not even just them. That goes back to the I mean. Afri- yeah. The Roman province of Africa was like North, a- you know, North Africa. Yeah. It's yeah. So, so they need a word that's not Africa, but is you know, and hey, it fits, you know. And I, I, so we start with the euphemism treadmill. It's pretty quickly uh, in the word's history. Does it does it become like a negative? Uh, and quite softly. So in the pre-Civil War era of the U.S. is when it starts to be a pejorative. Is with uh, the the no, the we have our sources a Washington Post article by um, who is it uh, Randall Kennedy, and he notes that in the 1830s it became common for white children white parents to refer to their white children. Do uh, would reprimand them saying, "Oh, you're being ignorant." as niggers or worse than niggers or have no more credit than niggers it was like a form of dis- discipline and which so obviously the word starts with no negative connotation right yeah but then of course you know just like the the negative connotations come and from observations the, are made <laughs> from the population know? yes so basically basically so if we want to get real reddit here we saw some science they were doing science you yeah, know observation you know hypothesis we start with the null uh, hypothesis yeah. yeah, the, the null An hypothesis is there, there's no meaningful difference between these two population groups. Uh, observation contradicts the null hypothesis, so we have to come up with a new hypothesis. That's science, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think this is why, also notably, the uh, on the euphemism treadmill that kind of got, probably got going in, what, the 1970s uh, or 60s, 70s? No, I guess it was the 50s. Euphemism treadmill probably starts in the 50s it actually starts early so i see here's from the wikipedia page the wikipedia has a great article uh titled nigger en.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash nigger where they note that uh, the term colored or negro became a respectful alternative in 1851 the boston vigilance committee an abolitionist organization posted warnings to the colored people of boston and vicinity Uh, i'm going to go ahead and call that a rare instance of a uh, mold bug. Uh, you get some credit for, uh, here we go. We got some uh, New England Puritan types who are up to no good. So I guess that's a point in mold bugs, <laughs> mold bugs column. Anyway, sorry, go on. Uh, yeah. Well, so, so well, writing. Well, yeah. Well, 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 we're going to start the treadmill is that where that clearly design the treadmill in my mind starts when the clearly designed terms, Negro and colored, which are clearly designed to be like inoffensive and respectful, even, they sh- even those shift in the, yes. the 1950s exactly to me, and that's when you see the euphemism treadmill starts to go, because any word it also works in reverse too, because um, as Louis C.K., the famous uh, Jewish comedian, said, the origin of the word nigger is a white man saw a nigger act like a nigger, and he called him a nigger. <laughs> is that- the thing is, is that a any, any word you call them. I didn't know that he, I, yeah. I didn't realize that was a Louis C.K. Old Oak and Anthony, back when it was. Right. Oh, goodness. That's fantastic. Yeah. Right, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Go on. Uh, I'm paraphrasing somewhat, but but that was that was from a 
that was from the early 2000s, you know? They could get with that shit. Uh, so, whatever word is a new respectful, any new respectful word will get tagged with by the behavior of the nigger. And it'll be associated with nigger behavior. You can say things with, with words like youths. I was about to say, yeah, exactly. You can I kind of, just call them niggers, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But I, so a lot of guys in our thing uh, read a lot of European stuff and refer to our thing as, or parts of our thing, like, that, that are younger as, like, a youth movement. And I agree, it's, like, the right word for similar word. I just think, <laughs> like, you know, a loot movement, you know? A looter. <laughs> thugs. You know, like, we can, we can run the, we can run the... Mr. Treadwell. Teens. There's there's all these teens running yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean it's it's, it's it's as you as you sort of indicate, it's teens. an unsol- it's an unsolvable problem because I mean here here I guess this is the direction that I really wanted to go um with this episode is a good transition point. Okay, no, sorry. So no yeah, matter how yeah, respectful yeah. a term Yeah, it always gets tainted by association. When a race is right. Is no matter how much like propaganda, anti-white propaganda you run against like the white race, people will like language isn't formed by like media narratives. It's formed by just observation, mm-hmm. and no word for whites, no matter how pejorative you want to make it, will ever come off as biting. Well, what do they have? Like snow have apes? I mean, like I mean, honk, nobody uh, cracker like, is the closest, well, honk, and like nobody. I mean, well, the I guess the old trilogy of, of like. Honky and Cracker and Peckerwood, Peckerwood. are just hilarious. Like, the reason Peckerwood they are is, hilarious but, yeah, but, and white right. people cannot not laugh when they hear them is because they know they're not true. So, like, so when you when a slur isn't accurate, right? You just laugh, doesn't do anything. Right? Yeah. When a slur is true, you it inspires offended. you into kind of an ape-like state. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about Peckerwood too, from what I, under, I if I recall correctly, it, that's actually almost more of a class-based thing. Like that's like. Basically, I mean, what's interesting to me about about that particular term is um, it's really highlighting, I, I mean, how good antebellum slaves had it. Like the kind of the, the implicit thing there is like, you know, I may be a slave in a plantation, but I'm getting medical care and food and I'm living a pretty good life. I get to sing with my, you know, friends and family at the moon every every night. Uh, you are, you know, poor ass backward white trash. Yeah. Is like in the, it's a very much a term like white trash, where there's a very heavy yeah. kind of class based component to the slur. It's not simply you, you, you wouldn't call like the, yeah. the you, you know the slave owner of Peckerwood. Yeah, reminds me of that famous tweet. Uh, we talked about, talk about like the conditions of slavery being actually not that bad. Remember that famous tweet by a black guy who has stopped by the side of, he stopped by the side of a road in the south, and he's got a thing of cotton in his hand he just picked. And the tweet is probably my one of my favorite, my favorite tweets from old Twitter. It was, you know, it's not so bad if he was with you niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it wasn't. I mean, you know, that was, a, that was again, to, to yeah. reference Moldbug, but, like, that was uh, kind of early in my, you know, red-pilling process. Uh, he, to his I will give Moldbug credit for this because it doesn't come up that much. Not cause, I think because it's not super relevant in, in a lot of ways. But it is, like, I wouldn't say it's completely irrelevant, and, and I hadn't, I haven't, still seen it really anywhere else um Bullbug dug into like old old accounts narrative accounts first person accounts published in the 1800s both 
of you know slaves themselves and of like northern abolitionists who went down looking for you know very much like the dynamic you see today where you know some kind of uh shit lib uh you know educated in boston wants to go to alabama and see how all these you know dumbass rednecks are are mistreating the poor set upon uh negroes and what he finds is that they're all pretty well taken care of and to the extent there are any issues it's it's the negroes starting trouble and and yeah. be, need, needing to be put in their place um, and and you'll find all kinds of narratives like that, you know. Obviously, not you know, it's not emphasized these days, but but it, it exists. It's there. It's in the historical record. That was the dominant historical record until there was this like mass, um, you know, forgetting that was imposed on the country, kind of coincidentally with you know the twentieth twentieth uh, century arrival of a bunch of people on Ellis Island who shall remain nameless. Yeah. Yes. Uh but anyway, yeah, yeah. So, so I wanted to like that was, I guess, the um, what I was what I was saying before is is um, I, I think the way the way you got to look at this phenomenon is um, is linguistically and like sociolinguistically and even psycholinguistically um, because it's not it's not about like it. it what what do we learn from these con continued attempts to you know we see this euphemism treadmill as you describe it like why is it that it's constantly necessary to um <clears throat> to engage in this thing is like okay uh, uh, definitely there's there's a huge part of that dynamic which is like whatever whatever word you come up with is ends up being tainted because you know people just sort of like it's just obvious we, we all we all i think we all get it um, but but the other kind of the other um, uh, point here, which which uh, I actually wrote a while back a um, uh, a piece in the American Sun about it wasn't it wasn't just about it was sort of a broader response. Um, uh, I'll include a link. But um, the the one of the key questions is is what are why is it a taboo, right? Because it's very clearly you know. A, a taboo word you're not supposed to say it um and the thing is about taboos are they're pretty much a universal feature of human societies and and human languages um you every language every society will have certain topics certain words that are taboo and and it's not even just like that you're not supposed it's something that you're not supposed to say or or do although of course there there's that aspect to it um taboos are physiologically ingrained they're 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 it's not even just like something that um it, it's 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 saying taboo words has a physiological response on the person saying them um, and you can measure it. You can, you know, the, you, there's like heightened, uh, you know, your pulse gets quicker, um, your your temperature raises. Like, there's, you can measure things that happen to people when they say taboo words. And uh, to me, one of the interesting things, or maybe maybe the kind of number one, um, the number one most salient fact of our kind of you know what, what what our current situation or how how we understand what's going on in, in the way this is like a, a key to understanding to unlocking the whole thing is uh in this period back in the 1500s 1600s um when 
we the, the word first came about because we first really encountered these these um, these people who are different from us in this way. And the easiest way to categorize, oh, they're black. Their skin is black. We're going to use a nice Latin scientific word to refer to the fact that their skin is black, and proceed from there. Um, the worst thing you could say was um, v- variations on on um, things referring to Christ's crucifixion. Um, this is where you know nowadays it's like. Uh, it's it's kind of like I, I mean the the last time I can remember hearing the word zounds I think I'm pretty this is I'm sure I'm not alone in this is like in Scooby Doo um, I don't even know where it would have been before that or, or how it entered into the lexicon for the writers for Scooby Doo but zounds is a contraction referring to God's wounds referring to Christ's wounds on the cross while he was being crucified. Um, uh, Gadzooks, I, th- I forget what the, but it's a similar Gad. There is God, and I forget what the Zooks is or something. But it's 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 um, you have all these things that nowadays just I wouldn't even say old fashioned. I'm not even sure. Maybe Zoomers and younger have no idea. They never maybe you've never even heard these words. Um, slightly older, you know. I think I think uh, uh, millennials and older, and, and some people will definitely know what I'm, these words that I'm talking about, which have almost almost completely disappeared. But these used to be the filthiest most disgusting things that you could possibly say i know i think another one in french is um tabernacle which persists as a kind of or, or sacre bleu um which which persists in in quebecois french uh to some extent uh, because it's archaic essentially it's sort of frozen in 17 whatever um versus you know like mainland continental french um continues long and and they long since lost i mean of course they also had the revolution and all this stuff so they they long since lost any sense of taboo um connected to to um like you know the tabernacle but uh what is taboo and this is sort of like an early sociological point as well if you read like uh, durkheim um and 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 stuff like that and these early sociologists contacting primitive tribes in in um, australasia and and south america and so on is the concept of the taboo, or not, not even the concept, just the, the the fact of the taboo? What is taboo is very intimately connected with what is sacred, um, to the point where they're kind of almost the same, or, or, or they're very, 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 very closely related. Um, and which is why, as, as you were sort of illustrating before, when you um, when you have a taboo, it's essentially like you're protecting something, right? There, there, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a barrier erected around it that's a kind of sacred barrier because you're protecting something sacred. And in the case, so, of those, so, so, yeah, that's uh, I, so did you, I, you had this uh, copy? All this yeah. is a prelude to. I want to now again, just for our, uh, you know, just for the Jannies in the room. This is a we're reporting, we're reporting on a copy pasta that's been floating around for a little bit, but that makes this point in um, quite eloquently, and I, I think you should take it away. Yeah, I would compare this to, say, like, um, how do I say? It's, it's, it really lays bare a lot of truths. Um, and I'll just start. It's, it's, it's a soliloquy Shakespearean, almost, in its, uh, in its, in its uh, drive to express the condition of the human soul, you know? So, without further ado. American culture is centered around niggers. They have holidays for niggers. They killed hundreds of thousands of white men to free niggers. They listen to nigger music. They elect a nigger as their president. They dress and act like niggers. They draw the entirety of their modern culture from niggers. They post sassy gifts about niggers. 
They watch sports ball in worship of niggers. Their biggest event of the year involves throwing parties in honor of niggers playing sports. They use nigger slang like bruh or thought. When you say Martin Luther, they're not thinking of the father of Protestantism, they're thinking of the nigger. Their cities are completely overrun with niggers. They worship their Zogbot police force, disproportionately filled with niggers, and their global police force of soldiers filled with niggers. Their men watch around, wa sit around watching nigger ball, where their women sit around watching nigger talk shows. They worship niggers like Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, and Mike Tyson, while attacking whites who actually built their country before niggers took over. Their movies are filled with niggers, and their music charts are topped by niggers. They send niggers to the Olympics and celebrate when the niggers win because those niggers are true red-blooded American niggers. They watch nigger pornography to a point where the BBC does not make them think of the international media company, but about nigger penis instead. They will tell you how much they hate niggers, how much the mutt laws memes this they'll joke, and they're just pretend pretending to love niggers, but the evidence speaks for itself in that America has always been, and will always be, a nation of nigger-loving niggers. Thank you very Finn. much for that rendition. Yes, uh, I and, know, and I'm searching for a lie, but I just can't. Don't seem to detect any. Uh, I, I. Yeah, I mean. The thing uh, about the Olympics really hits. Malawi Stud Farm, eat your heart. Yeah, yeah, right. But like, really hits. Stud Farm, eat your heart out. You know. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> uh, we should do a Newt Hampson episode at some point, but. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, or as you say, the thing about the Olympics hits hard. Like, I don't know if you've been following the news about this. I, I sort of quasi-deliberately tried to avoid it, but it's just been one of those things that's just in your face is uh, apparently some uh, negress. Uh, well, no, there were two stories, I get, But the, the one that, that has been the most um, pushed was, was the there was one negress who, trying to get this right, she tested positive for marijuana, uh, which is still listed as a, as a uh, whatever performance enhancing subs uh, uh, substance, which is kind of a joke. And so she's basically been banned from the Olympic team. The thing is, the thing is uh, she's just the most like baboon looking like orange hair. Just like, I mean, literally looks like an orangutan. I, I just don't even, and, and, and this is like what we're supposed to, you know, everybody's like all upset because, you know, oh, she's such a great athlete. And, and I'm over here like, are you serious? Um, and then there was that other well, one also, who like didn't want to point out like with the weed thing. Once again, we are imposing white standards. The idea that you could take three weeks off smoking weed to pass a drug test <laughs> is an idea that is intrinsically rooted in white supremacy i agree and the white and white norms of impulse control foresight uh just expected i, I agree know, but here, here's here's my thing i'm gonna so take we, it a step further can't. though i don't think marijuana is a performing enhancing performance enhancing substance except for 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 blacks i do think that like it when you then they get mellowed out well, actually, maybe no. Maybe it just makes them even lazier. Never mind. That's a... I don't know. I could see how it could be a performance-enhancing uh, substance. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, there's, but, an there's an argument that makes them better at war. It's very common to see the, uh, the say... I don't... In, in their natural habitat, in the... On the, on the Monkey Island... <laughs> um, 
when they're in a, a warfare st- state, they tend to ingest a lot of marijuana and marijuana derivatives uh, when they're doing the machete, the big machete dances. And it seems to be very effective in terms of dulling them to the um, reality, which is very impressive considering how dull they already are to kind of reality. But uh, African armies on the monkey, so mon- monkey island armies tend to run on marijuana in, in, in wartime, not so much in peacetime, obviously. I did not know that. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting research, mostly done on, by the UN, as a result of like, post war of child soldier. Uh, oh yeah, no, I know. And, camps, I know the, and they're, yeah, and they're yeah, just yeah. riddled with drugs and drugs. These kids are, in theory, like, too young even in Africa to get their hands on, and they're very high, like desiring specific types of processed marijuana and methamphetamine. Like that, it's a it's a part of the war machine over there. Has because it has to be. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. Just a that's a that's kind of depressing. Actually, that's that's. Uh, I was having a good time saying the N-word with my bro. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, but to get back to the, to the, to the main point there is, is yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the, the fact that there is this taboo and that it's so deeply ingrained and so um, strongly policed and enforced both formally and informally um there's news uh, also i saw you know quasi breaking coming down the pipe today of uh um i guess a year or so ago there was a couple in georgia and some kind of uh, i don't know i don't know i don't want to get the details wrong the there was allegations that were not of course 100 percent supported by the evidence all we saw was like video of them running around with confederate flags coming out their um pickup truck shouting nigger um, for which they have now received a 33-year combined uh, prison sentence. So, so it isn't even just a question of like the law will allow you know uh, blacks to murder you if you are alleged to have said nigger. It's that like saying it is like essentially against the law under certain circumstances, and and they will punish you more than they'll actually punish you know like violent nigger murderers criminals um, uh, for it. So, so, like the the worship of the Negro worship, the worship, the, the fact that the American religion de facto is is worship, Negro worship, is not a joke, and it's not an overstatement. It's not a metaphor. It's very very real. Um, it's it's liter- It's it's like the same people who were very very happy to you know take an image of 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 Jesus Christ and submerge it in urine or to do all kinds of unspeakable things and, 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 um, you know, blaspheme in a million different ways and, and do all kinds of horrible things, uh, and, and tell you about how enlightened they are. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, the, oh, they, we were, we were past all of that kind of primitive nonsense and, and these kinds of that kind of attitude. Uh, they will recoil in horror at any suggestion that the Negro is anything less than, you know, a, a perfectly pure, holy, mystical being, right? At least in its kind of abstract, not that they would yeah. want them as their neighbors or anything, but, but as a kind of abstract. Yeah. Speaking of that, it reminds me, I have a, I've been waiting to write a punk song, like a punk rock song called uh, Yelling Nigger at Andre Serrano. <laughs> He's the, if, for the kind of, he is the piss Christ guy, the photographer. The artist because they're you know 
I've really just wanted to make a really bad, not bad, but just like, you know, East Coast, like Minor Threat style. Nigger at, you know, just, just, yeah. but, see, that whole genre, the whole genre of East, of like, East Coast, like, kind of straight edge punk that was implicitly, and explicitly sometimes, like, white, really, really never did a song where they just yelled, nigger. The Brits did it, though. So, we have that. It is interesting. If you want to chart, this is going to get very, very granular. The lack of use of the word nigger in, like, skinhead stuff. They seem to be a... That's an interesting point. Yeah, I away from it, but it, yeah. it's part of the... It, there's a few songs that do it, obviously. Uh, but it, it, the, you could just see the creeping power of the word. Yeah. You know, really well, one, another point I wanted to hit on was was um, you know we, we sort of kind of post ironically refer to it as the gamer word because it was just ubiquitous, still is in certain channels, and you know they've clamped down on it a lot these days. But you know when 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 you like the early days of online multiplayer voice chat was just filled with nigger, and it wasn't even like. It's not like, you know, someone with a black-sounding voice comes in, you're like, you fucking nigger. I mean, maybe a little bit, but, like, it's more just like, dude, you failed to capture the flag, you fucking nigger. Like, it it, it wasn't even necessarily ang- or just, you know, it, it, it was just, yeah. like, there was nothing malicious at all, and it was just the most, part of the, the culture. Mo- the purest example of this is uh, when the famous uh, National Socialist uh, PewDiePie was on a break. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Colin. And, and he was, and he was shot, and he just he shot me there. Ah, and then he, because that that's how it was used. It was like ah, oh, you. It's like ah, nigger. Me. Yes, it wasn't even. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. There was no. He, the, the, it's just how it was. Right. And it's that's that's a factor. Like the. Do you remember how spaces. he referred to that afterwards in the pre- when the people were like, yes, a heated nigger moment, a heated gamer moment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, uh, there's a, maybe a lot to chew on there as well, but I think the fundamental point is, is, uh, uh yeah, even as, as late as the early 2000s, it just didn't, it was, well, I mean, I, I think, would also, yeah, I think, well, the point I want to make is that when there's no enforcement by yes. political yes. police or, uh, being outlawed, people will default to, using a word that really is in the, it's been also called by some of the, like the perfect word uh it's a combination of like it's not quite onomatopoeia but it's a similar thing where i think the yeah the, the er ending like like it, it, it lends itself to because it, it could be a productive form of an underlying syntactic root to nig right which like yeah. now has become like yes one one who nigs is a nigger yeah and it there's like ancient uh you know uh what is it like i feel like if like the ancient most ancient european if like the corded wear people in lithuania came across an african their word for it would be very close it's just like it there's definitely yeah it's just it's just the right where everything clicks yeah and because of the taboo uh when as soon as the taboo isn't enforced because the taboo isn't really it is very strictly enforced. Most, which is interesting, is most taboos are not enforced. They just yeah. kind of are. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just a part of the society. It's it's a t- taboos that you most taboos you would ever dream of breaking, right? Uh, for a Frenchman in the year fifteen hundred to 
blaspheme Christ would be just on just yeah he wouldn't, wouldn't have the capacity mind. to yeah. think yeah it just it, it wouldn't make it just wasn't part of his worldview that there could be a reason to do that whereas with this taboo being like enforced at effectively gunpoint is that whenever there's a safe space to exercise it the it's just a wash you know there's just near as far as the eye can see uh the not, fam- actual, the most not actual niggers modern, like people argument. saying nigger i just wanted to be clear on yes yeah. yes absolutely and the, I mean, the most even the most famous is that people when people taste that freedom they want to get it back you know when when <laughs> when 20 uh was it 2017 when twitter reformed their rules we gained like the end tower probably the famous, most famous yes. modern use of the word is in the end tower um well, and then, and then, uh, similarly, and the uh, there's like a phase. I, I admit to going through it myself. Where on, you know, um, uh, on the Fediverse and uh, you know, post and, and stuff like that. Where you know, when people now that we have increasingly viable alternatives to Twitter that are providing a kind of public forum, public platform, um, when there's no moderation against that, like there's a, I think pretty much everybody who got on post there's a or who gets on post there's a there's a phase of you know a week or two maybe a little more where pretty much you're just spamming nigger the whole time and you still do it on occasion but like eventually it gets a little bit old and then you just kind of use it you know where appropriate where you feel like it um but even just having the freedom to spam the word nigger uh is is so refreshing yeah and also i mean i'm at the point where the taboo, as you as you in you know revolutionary terms, you know you break the taboo for yourself as much as you can. Whenever I see the letter N, I just get a dopamine hit. <laughs> Same, yes. Which is interesting part of what we haven't really discussed is how the phrase the N word, um, kind of came into being, and what who was it? Which it was some famous black comedian that uh, had the point that. We know we, when they say the N word, they're just trying. They're just they're just still calling us niggers. It was like uh, he called. Like, there was like some news anchor saying he said the N word, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really. He's just you're still still just saying nigger, uh, but you're just calling it the N word. But that word has become so like so ubiquitous. There's like there's even like N word discourse in in like liberal circles right. about how to maybe like avoid saying the like you talk about just the absolute merciless euphemism treadmill to where <laughs> yeah, even you, saying it's not even just you, that's like a meta euphemism years saying yeah you can't even say the end we don't even want to draw attention yeah. to 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 the euphemism yeah uh singularity right yeah right yeah that's like like straight up like harry potter you know yeah. you shall not be named type territory um yeah i mean it in the, the thing is, I mean, again, it's not I mean, the funniest part of all of this to me, um, which I think is reflected in the in the black usage, which like I don't think they it's not that they it's not that they don't use the hard R uh, intentionally. I think that's just how they talk. Uh, I mean, now there's a kind of, you know, better political discourse around that as well. But I just don't buy it. I just think that's just, you know, it would be a lot of effort for them to say nigger with the proper, you know, er ending and they don't do that and they're not going to spend that much effort on it so that's just how they say it it's not actually a different word um but they know i mean they like, like obviously black people 
you know, I mean, not to not that he could make the joke or would be would stand, but I don't know if Chris Rock has ever um, said anything about it. But but like, the, you know, the the very famous uh, segment he did on you know I love black people, but I hate niggers, and and then proceeded to line down just you know what is what is typical nigger behavior and why it's unacceptable. Um, and everybody was cracking up. His majority black audience was cracking up. Obviously, white people also love, like, very similar to the Bill Cosby thing with the with the pound cake. Like, you know, that shit was wildly popular with, with whites because it was finally, you know, sort of giving them a mouthpiece that was socially acceptable to some extent because he was black. But it's not like black people didn't like it either. And, it's not, and, and, and black people know that it's true. Everybody knows that it's true. That's the part that about this whole situation that I find so maddening is, is um, you know, it, it's not, you know, revealed preference everybody knows you know oh that's a bad neighborhood oh, i don't want to buy a house there because it has bad schools you know why are they bad right i mean this is kind of you know our thing 101 i'm just like it still upsets me it still frustrates me because uh it's not like it, it i don't even think i mean i i could see how a certain kind of black people person or a certain kind of you know in a certain kind of situation would get really upset um if you, if you if you said nigger to them under sort of any circumstances but i mean maybe i'm just i don't know it's not like i have i don't really interact with them that much but i i don't i don't get the sense that they necessarily even this like i think it's a bigger deal in the media i think it's a bigger deal for you know um like political purposes well, i think on a day-to-day -day level it doesn't really matter i think the only time it matters day-to-day -day is that uh when they go like full ape mode and they kind of come to after they go full eight mode, they'll use as an excuse. It's kind of like how when the when the when they uh, when they kind of regress the mean and start committing crimes, they'll just say police racist, they racist, I didn't do it. It's become like they said, nigger. It's become like part of that script they run, uh, and I think that's because of the increasing media narrative around that. Because it doesn't always work. Also, it it works often, but then you just be somewhat questionable case and needs to and but like if if they can't like mug people and take money and say like he called it's because he called me nigger they have to just be doing brutal like nigger violence that the media desperately wants to excuse to to so a nigger can actually use the the nigger excuse which is he said nigger um oof this is a hard conversation to have i'm actually i'm like my are you feel your muscles in your mouth like yeah, it's a, it's I'm I never it's like I don't make that combination tiring. of sounds yeah like hardly ever so uh, and saying it over and over again is is uh, yeah I'm gonna yeah. do tomorrow I'm gonna be ripped tomorrow I'm gonna wake <laughs> up stronger than ever just ready to just ready to scream there oh man sorry, um sorry. yeah so so did you have what did you have anything else or i guess we oh here i did have one other thing i don't know um did you have anything else on that topic i guess uh not really i think i've kind of i'm kind of so i had a here we, we actually both independently found this uh there's a lovely 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 uh article um by the washington post uh by randall kennedy which appeared um in uh, 2001 2001 friday january 11th 2001 uh i guess it's a book review i'm not sure because it says a pantheon must it's be chapter publisher. one of a chapter book. one of a book yeah there we go uh, it's called nigger the strange career of a troublesome word um and and he goes <laughs> which is yeah. a great it's not the word as we i think we can sell our episode part well and maybe we take this as our title uh nigger the strange career of a troublesome race 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, It doesn't. It doesn't seem there was a second edition of. There was a reprint, but not a second edition. I guess of of this uh, of this title. Anyway, so um, this this chapter goes. It's it's a very interesting. very interesting uh, thing, and and he he refers to he let's see he, he starts with the kind of same kind of etymology that that we note, um, and then he here's here's one of my favorite sections here's my favorite section I guess of, of this uh, of this chapter, he notes nigger has seeped into practically every aspect of American culture from literature to political debates from cartoons to song. Throughout the 1800s and for much of the 1900s as well, writers of popular music generated countless lyrics that lampoon blacks in songs such as, quote, Philadelphia Riots, or I guess it wasn't Deniggas this time, which uh, I want to know what's going on there. I feel like we should maybe track down. I mean, if it's talking about riots in the 1800s that, like, surprisingly weren't done by niggers, like, hmm, <laughs> that's interesting. You um, know, maybe they're running, like, a supporting role. Maybe it wasn't the primary. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the nigga gal's dream. Who's dat nigga dara peepin'? Run nigger run. A nigger's reasons. Nigger I know will that be one. Be- <laughs> a nigger's reasons? No, run nigger run. Run nigger run. Yeah, I know that one. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Uh, nigger will <laughs> be nigger, which, you know, yes, no lies detected. I am fighting for the nigger, okay? Ten little niggers. Niggas get on the, get on the boat. Nigger in a pit. Nigger war bride blues. Nigger, <laughs> nigger, nigger never die. <laughs> <laughs> nigger, 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 gotta find these, man. Little black nigger, and he's just a nigger. I mean, that's an explanation. I get it. Uh, the chorus of this last begins, quote, He's just a nigger. When you've said that, you've said it all. Yes, indeed. Uh, throughout American history, nigger has cropped up in children's rhymes, perhaps the best known of which is Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a nigger by the toe. If he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Now, I am just just barely old enough so that when i learned this rhyme it was taught to me as catch a tiger by the toe and the school instructors who would have grown up like pre you know like you know pre definitely pre-integration uh like sort of looked nervously at each other while they were teaching us that it was catch a tiger definitely catch a tiger by the toe (laughs) that's the word um (laughs) so uh yeah did you have anything on that or Oh uh, no, I, I definitely he- learned it as tiger as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I remember I really was- hate tigers. God damn it! <laughs> I'm tired of these goddamn tigers in my neighborhood. <laughs> you you could just use the Winnie the Pooh, you know, Tigger, right? Uh, I think that yeah, sort of. Uh, um, but there are scores of others as well, including nigger, nigger, never die, black face and shiny eye, and then there is teacher, teacher, don't whip me, whip that nigger behind that tree. He stole honey and I stole money. Teacher, teacher, wasn't that funny? Um, and he continued. Now I want to see. I, I guess I, we should have seen if this was. Uh, it didn't occur to me to look if the. Yeah, it's only it only appears in this uh, uh, this article. I guess it's it's one of you know casualty of the internet as we've known it. <clears throat> he writes today on the internet, whole sites are devoted to nigger jokes. I want to emphasize for the third time here, uh, Jannies. This is purely science. This is just historical scientific research. We are re- re- you know we are just reporting what uh what we found here this is an article in the reputable uh newspaper we're not you know actually saying these words ourselves uh at kkk comedy central mice traps nigger joke center for instance the quote nigger ghetto gazette contains numerous jokes such as the following question what do you call a nigger boy riding a bike answer thief 
Question. How about why we, DK, yeah. you do the questions, I'll, I'll do the answer. Yeah, let's do it. That's a, that's great. Um, why do niggers wear high-heeled shoes? So their knuckles don't scrape the ground. <laughs> what did God say when he made the first nigger? Oh, shit. <laughs> what do niggers and sperm have in common? Only one in two million work. Why do why do decent white folk shop at nigger yard sales? To get other stuff back. <laughs> What's the difference between a pothole and a nigger? You'd swerve to avoid a pothole, wouldn't you? How do you make a nigger nervous? Take him to an auction. <laughs> this is my first <laughs> How do you get a nigger to commit suicide? Toss a bucket of KFC in a traffic. I've heard that one with pennies and Jews. Um, how do you keep niggers out of your backyard? Hang one in the front yard. <laughs> how do you stop? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't, I didn't read this one before I... Uh... <laughs> this one's my favorite one. It's the classic. This is the oldest one in there. Oh, how do you stop five niggers from raping a white woman? Throw them in basketball. <laughs> so, yeah. this reminds me. So, there is these kind of jokes um, that were proliferated, proliferated on the internet. Because I remember before the internet went, like, the first wave of, like, centralization... You would just Google, like, topic jokes, and you would have an HTML site with, yes. like, a thousand jokes. And I hilariously found one of these, like, so my friend showed me a one for, like, dumb blonde jokes. And I was like, wow, there's a thousand jokes. This is great. And then I was like, wait, what about, like, black <laughs> people? <laughs> and woo! Were there websites? There were. There yep. were. <laughs> And that was like, and I found, that was on a school computer in like middle school, and, and then I realized I was probably getting in a lot of trouble, but they were pretty good. Uh, God, old internet was so cool. But oh, this is where I was going with this. So, but these kind, these kind of jokes that you see, there's like uh, Jews and pennies, these kind of like setups, setup deliveries. They are way more universal than you would think. So, in my travels across the world, I connected with a Hungarian who spoke very broken english but he you he was like our guy kind of you know you there's like meaning of the minds type stuff you know um and he started telling me in broken english gypsy jokes and they were the same as like the same construction and setup as as uh, nigger jokes so i'll give you one uh just for just for free here and just to see how like these these kind of jokes are kind of always around as as when poorly behaved people are around, jokes get made at their expense. So, what do you call a gypsy in a three-piece suit? I don't know. Defendant. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how does a gyp? Uh, what hap- What happened if a gypsy girl turned fourteen or virgin? Another gypsy rapes her. No. What What happened if she turned fourteen or virgin? It was, the answer is, she's stronger than her little brother, faster than her older brother, and her father is still in jail. Oh my, you, oof. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, but the, like, the, but the, the universality of these kind of jokes is like, it's very interesting, and it's what I didn't expect until, until I became more well-traveled and shit. Yeah, the gypsy question, that's, um... Yeah, well, I mean, it just goes, as you say, it just goes to show you, like, sort of everybody has, you know, there there are certain um, human universals, and yeah. and 
yeah it's, it's just sort of how and these things in go. terms of like also a, a power word kill a word that suits a people so perfectly it will never die is gypsy like the word gypsy is basically the same across all languages in europe yeah. they prefer to similar. be called roma like, okay. yeah but i put they act like gypsies <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yep you can call them roma as long as you want they're still gonna be gypsies they're still gonna act like gypsies uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I, 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 you know, these, these, are, these, uh, these are important, deep topics. Oh, I think it's among the most important. I mean, it, again, people like um, the, the, the problem is like people who are nominally charged with engaging in in this kind of level of cultural analysis are number one liars, number two delusional. Uh, and and number three, ignorant. I mean, they don't, you know, and 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 so the, the, they end up just regurgitating the same tired, wrong, completely out of touch narrative um, <clears throat> about this stuff. And and you know, you get all these kind of hand. I mean, interest. I, I will say it's. Um, I'm sure that. You know, I'd be curious actually to read this book by by Randall Kennedy. I'm, I'm sure it seemed like it was you know 2001, and that's January 11th, 2001. So that's literally before 9-11 and um so you know and published before 9-11 so this is kind of like in the before times and and while there is some of this uh political correctness i highly doubt that this uh this volume well, could be published today what stood up to me is uh that they use the word yeah exactly this 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 analysis is is from a person who's clear-eyed enough to know that saying n-word will be ridiculous and so it just lets it lets them fly. I think we've it. This article uses more niggers than we have today. Oh yeah, I mean it's over and over and over again in in this piece. And um, and yeah, I mean I I uh, the the I you know I, I I have seen there's there's one of the few um, black intellectuals who's actually like worth occasionally reading is, is John McWhorter, who's a linguist, and, and he has actually written um, quite a bit on this topic, and I've, I've taken some of what I've said here uh, from 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 his thing, which, I mean, of course, he's adopting a slight, he wouldn't, you know, I think endorse our reading or anything, but, but you know, he, he's sort of like, well, you know, when it's said non-maliciously, especially between blacks, it basically just means buddy, and, um, and particularly with the, with the, when it's a soft A instead of the hard R, and uh but but he you know he understands that he was uh i i came up i hadn't read him before i was thinking along these terms about like you know totem and taboo so to speak um and like these kind of primitive religious terms and and i was uh heartened to see that that john mcwhorter made the same point or had reached the same conclusion um that there's something um that 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 there is a taboo in um in this uh like like a religious taboo essentially. I mean, he doesn't quite you take it uh, as far as as the um, the four chan copy pasta, but that's why you listen to us, right? <laughs> because uh, I like to think what we're engaging here is is the most raw and the most um, visceral and the most authentic and and the hardest hitting and the best form of cultural analysis. Which we're we're not afraid to tell the truth. We're not afraid to analyze things deeply. We're going to get as intellectual as appropriate, and and there's no limit, to, you know, a top limit on on how intellectual we can get. But part of that is going to involve also, um, you know, looking at things like 4chan copypastas, particularly as in this case, where they just hit 
hard and hit home in a way that's impossible to replicate. Yeah. So I kind of want to bring up my, my kind of final huge-brained, galaxy-brained post on this topic is that the reason that, say, in the post-Obama era, we'll call it, that like the, you had that hyper-sacred sacredization of uh of of you know niggers is that they so america really is a utopianist project right it's a like the the idea of american liberalism and i mean in both the conservative and liberal sense is a america american utopia united by nothing but the constitution yeah and that's it right and the niggers are niggers are the kind of like the kind of uh, the beam in your own eye of this whole thing, right? Yep. Where they their existence is, it's not like, and there's no stats you can make up. There's no whitewashing you can do of you. It's that they're they you see them, they exist, they are what they are, and they basically put they they ruin the utopian vision. And obviously, as in all utopian utopian projects, pointing out the flaw is the grace of all sins. And that's not what I want to bring. So a lot of that points I made before. But, so when I, when we kind of conceptualize, like, when people really get deep into, like, worshipping blacks, when they, when they do the kind of bizarre public genuflecting, they're not, they're, the way they're worshipping blacks is that they're not trying to, like, paper over the flaw in the utopianism or pretend it's not pretend it doesn't exist or pretend that it's going to be fixed it's almost like a like a kind of inversion of america of the of the sacred religion but it's like it's like well, it's, if, or if just it's, it's if, purest expression it's the purest expression no i want to say it's, it's like yeah. i know i think it's like the kind of almost like a satanist inversion of it okay where you just highlight uh, so if these you, things that can never be reconciled with yes. the project as and yeah. you're openly you're openly it's basically to be doing an orgy on an altar effectively you're going to the American civil religion these Republicans who really believe in it who like tell their sons to join the army and dumb stuff like that that you go to these conservative Republicans because the conservatives don't do this in the same way liberals do and you just viscerously rub their face in niggers and how great <laughs> they are and how great you say they are which you don't believe. But you know it hurts them to see it. Like a conservative who loves the flag and is not racist will still see, like, some shit lib praising, you know, niggers. Just watch MSNBC, kind of the, the parade of wide noses on MSNBC. And they get visually angry. And that's why, like, a Satanist that does, Satanists do their thing, right? It's to, they don't, yeah. maybe there's more sticker, but it's to get that reaction out of the, the normal person, right? Yeah. So I, I view the extreme as like it's almost it's almost uh, almost an inversion of like the fundamentally like defensible and decent civic Americanism, which obviously you know we can get kind of there's there's flaws with it obviously with this American constitution as well, a religion. Well, it I mean that's I guess the but it's this is so the same, much a yeah it's, it's the a, same it's, critique it's, of like liber libertarianism right where it presupposes a white subject. Um, and does but doesn't recognize that it presupposes a white subject, and so then you get all these problems. 
And so then I guess there's like two directions you can go with that. Number one is you can sort of, you know, try to sweep the problems under the rug and, and, and not be 100% principled about it, according to, your, you know, these, these egalitarian principles, um, which is, you know, up until about 1965, the solution that, that was engaged in. Or, or you could go in this direction of, uh, well, I wouldn't even say, I mean, I think that's where the kind of satanic inversion comes in is it's not even so much that they're, it's like everybody everybody involved understands that they're not really up to the task of living like they're, they're not white subjects so they, they can't be the kind of paradigmatic you know every man white subject that is necessary to have a functional constitutional republic as, as laid out in the in in the american you know thing like that that's that's never going to happen and um and so that but 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 rather than face facts or maybe precisely because they sort of see them but then you know they're in this kind of state of satanic revolt against reality they um they they're like oh no what you're actually seeing the evidence of your senses and sort of all your your intellect and everything that's like leading you to this very obvious conclusion that everybody has always understood that that these people are not fit for this environment in this way um that uh you know actually we're just going to go ahead and assert that they are anyway and pretend that they are anyway and, and act and do all these you know increase and, and, and you know twerk on the on the flag and 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 we're going to pretend that you know spitting on the flag and burning the flag is actually uh great and in all these kinds of things and and i think that kind of it's the turning away from reality that that i see is the kind of essence of the the satanic revolt not to get too esoteric yeah. just yeah yeah, that's a good time to end it. Maybe, you know, I would say, you know, go forth and say the word. You know. Yeah, I mean, to to yeah, to close it out on on what I said at the beginning. Like, if you are still in a phase where hearing or saying the word makes you uncomfortable, um, I mean, I, to, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I I still do to some extent myself, but it's the single most revolutionary act, maybe the only revolutionary act that's available uh and 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 so it's really important to to understand that and to reflect on what that means and and to say the n-word as much and as loudly as you possibly can